Good evening and thank you for joining us. I'm Gerald Owens. And I'm Deborah Morgan. This did not pan out exactly as, as many business owners had expected. We have team coverage with new reaction to the modified Phase 2 plan. We start with what is and is not included in Phase 2. Now, if you watched us this morning and you're tuning in thinking you can go to the gym or bars this weekend, think again. Dr. Mandy Cohen and Governor Roy Cooper said the data shows we are not quite ready, but other industries are. So here's a look at what takes effect with Phase 2 on Friday. Restaurants, salons, barbers, and swimming pools can open at 50% capacity. Overnight and day camps can open with safety rules. Child care facilities can enroll all children. Left out, bars and nightclubs, gyms and indoor fitness facilities, movie theaters, museums, bowling alleys, and public playgrounds. Barber shops are moving forward. Other businesses are stunned. Today, many did not receive the news they expected. Our team coverage continues with WREL's Kirsten Gutierrez live in Cary outside a local brewery after speaking with the co-owner. Kirsten? Now, the owners here at the Bond Brothers tell us that they uh, were expecting to open Friday, but they were being optimistic about it. Weren't expecting the news that they got today, but they are saying that they're having a positive outlook and they're going to continue doing what they've been doing during this time until they can get an idea on when they will be able to reopen. Now, earlier today, we stopped by Isaac Hunter's Tavern in Raleigh and watched the governor's announcement together regarding phase two with owner Zach Medford. Now, you can hear in his voice the disappointment that bars were not included in this phase, and he's worried about staying afloat. Now, Medford has more than 80 employees at a total of five bars, four in Raleigh and one in Wilmington. While he was hoping for better news, he tells us that safety comes first. I can For us, finding out we're going to be closed for at least another five weeks is gut-wrenching. Uh, I'm worried about my staff. Uh, I'm worried about my family. Worried about how we're going to pay our bills and how we're going to convince our landlords to help us out for another month while we make no money. Um, we need help, and we need it from our government. We need it from. We need help from our community. Now, as for the Bond brothers, they plan to continue to doing what they say they've been doing, which is curbside, and they also are going to be delivering until they have a timeline on when they can reopen. They also tell us that they have a local brew drive through on Saturday. Now, right now, there is definitely a lot of unknown and a lot still up in the air for these bar owners. Back to you. Gut-wrenching news for sure. Kirsten Gutierrez, live in downtown Raleigh. Thanks, Kirsten. It's not just bars. Gyms and fitness centers were prepared to begin their opening process. After initially being expected to open with phase two, today the governor said they would have to wait a little longer. WRO's Julian Grace is live at Tread Happy in Raleigh. And Julian, this is a huge disappointment for these business owners and a lot of people who just want to stay healthy. Gerald, a very big disappointment. We spoke to the owner here earlier today, and she was very hurt and disappointed to learn that it will take five weeks before her doors could possibly reopen again. And she tells me her main focus right now is keeping the morale of her staff up. Now, the workers here, they have been very busy preparing for a reopening. Take a look at this video. We took a tour inside just to look at the preparations that they've done. They've cut down their class sizes. Clients must have their temperatures checked before entering. Procedures are in place for social distancing, and clients must use every other treadmill. Tread Happy is also going over their procedures and policies just to make sure everyone feels safe when they come back. The owner of Tread Happy, Jordan Matthews, admits this process has been difficult. 
It's been tough. It's been tough. Um, when myself and my staff really thrive on being around people and coaching um, and cheering people on, to do that virtually has been great, but it's not the same. Gerald, as you hear there, they are trying to remain optimistic. As you hear Jordan as well, she's trying to re remain optimistic too. Now, she also tells me that when they do get the green light to reopen, they will have a soft reopening because they don't want to rush things back too fast. They want to make sure everything is in proper order when they get the go-ahead to go. I'm sure they do. Julian Grace, live in Raleigh. Julian, thank you. Well, today's announcement, uh, much anticipated for the local business community. We're going to talk with two well-known leaders in the area in the next few minutes. Pete Phelps owns Arrow, the local hair shop chain, with several locations in Raleigh and Chapel Hill, and Pedro Williams in Durham. Doug Wharf is the executive vice president with O2 Fitness. Both, I'm sure, are going to have different reactions. Let's start with that wait for haircuts. Pete, thanks for talking with us. A lot of people want to get in your shop. I'm one of them. Your reaction to today's news and how are the shops prepping? Yeah, thanks for having me. So uh, we're, we're first off, we're excited. Um, obviously, uh, we have a lot of friends and, and whatnot in the in the other industries that aren't able to reopen. So obviously, feel feel bad for them. Um, obviously, safety is the biggest thing. But as far as uh, Arrow, the barbershops are concerned. Um, we're, we're, we're relieved. Um, we, we have got 48 barbers on our team that are uh, just excited to get back to work. Um, we were taking every precaution out there. We've taken chairs out of the shops to create, you know, bigger distance between the, the stations. Um, we will, all, our staff will all be wearing masks and gloves and whatnot. So we're taking this super serious, but the biggest thing is a huge relief that we're actually able to get back in there and take care of our customers and get back to doing what we, we do best. All right, all of this actually takes place officially at five o'clock on Friday. That's about uh, 45 hours from now. Any of the barbers gonna be cutting hair Friday evening? Yeah, so no, we made the decision today. Um, we're, we're actually gonna reopen on Tuesday the 26th. Um, we, we, we can open as of the governor's press conference. We can open as early as five o'clock Friday night, but um, our, our staff, we, we wanna, Kind of ease them into this. This is a this is a this is a stressful time for everyone. Um, they've been off for a couple months, and all of a sudden, flipping the switch and getting right back in there, especially the, the work that they do. And let's let's be honest, they're they're touching people's heads. There there's you can't social distance during a haircut. So um, we we wanted to give them this weekend to kind of digest the the news. Um, and we're going to start off um, Tuesday reopening the shops. And, and Pete, I'm I'm curious. You're a small business owner. You've expanded not just in the Triangle, but elsewhere in the state. So what's the future like for your business and workers? It's, it's a very good question. Um, I've been thinking a lot about that over the last couple of months. I'm optimistic. I mean, hair will always keep growing. It's just going to be done differently. Uh, this is just the new norm. Everything we're going to face, you know, face in the next year is just, it's, it's unique. It's different. You know, we pride ourselves on the the, the vibe and experience of coming to a shop. We offer complimentary beer. That's no longer going to be the case for the time being. Um, all that, you know, our staff wearing masks, it, it just, it's necessary, but it's just different. And so I think uh, the industry itself, the industry we're in, it'll, it's not going anywhere. It's just going to be done very, very differently. Um, it's just the reality we all have to face. Hair does grow. Pete, we thank <laughs> you. The best to you and to your businesses and to your workers in the days and weeks ahead. We appreciate you talking with us. Now, Thank you very much. 
O2 Fitness emailed members last weekend hinting at a possible, possible reopening by Saturday with some big changes in place. Our reaction continues with Doug Wharf. He's VP with O2 Fitness. Doug, thanks for talking with us. Did you have a heads up before five o'clock today? We did not. Uh, we've actually been working with some of the, the governor's teams on some of the procedures and, and we were still under the understanding that we would be in phase two. Surprise to us for sure. So when five o'clock came, you're watching, you're listening. What was it like a kick in the gut? I mean, what did you think? Yeah, I don't think I can say that on air right now, uh, but yeah, if, um, you know, I, I think the key thing is um, we have great respect for, for Governor Cooper and for Senate, uh, Secretary Cohen. They're seeing data and signs that show it's not safe for us to open, then uh, we'll abide by that. I think it's frustrating uh, because we have felt like we've been in this phase two kind of setup uh, since the announcement and we've been prepping for it. We've brought a lot of people back on. We've done a ton of work. We've bought 10,000 masks for our team members uh, and, and we'll still use all those things. It's just not be using them this Saturday. You've got five more weeks to wait for this. When it finally does happen, June 26, what can your patrons expect when they walk in? How do you keep them safe in addition to the mask? Well, we take the health part of our health and fitness centers very seriously. So. We were already going up, uh, kind of beyond what the state got they were going to be. So we're at reduced capacity of 20%. Uh, we're, we're closing middle of the day to do a sanitation spray of a very deep clean with a hospital grade fogging machine. Uh, and then we do that again every night. Studio fitness classes would be outside. Personal training would be done six feet apart. Every other machine would be used. We even have individual spray bottles for all the members. Mm. This helps us guide how many people are in the building, allows the no, no touch. We sanitize every bottle before it comes back. Um, and again, tells us how many people are in, inside the, the club at one time. Um, we're doing that at our five clubs in South Carolina right now. And we uh, do that when we're able to in North Carolina. Boy, um I'm uh, not making light of this, but man, has sanitizing come a long way since George Costanza was kicked out of the club on Seinfeld <laughs> for not wiping down a piece of equipment one time. We are forever changed with this, Doug. We wish you the best as you wait these five weeks before you can reopen. And we thank you for taking the time to talk with us tonight. Thanks, David. We appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, our team coverage of the reaction to the phase two plan continues in three minutes with the governor's message to churches. You are watching WRL's News at 7. Churches won the right to hold services after challenging the governor's ruling last week. Today, we learned restrictions have been lifted altogether for churches. But Governor Cooper is urging all places of worship to practice social distancing. Worship services are exempt from this order. However, we are still encouraging uh, social distancing. WRL's Joe Fisher shows us how one church is preparing and the potential long-term effects on other congregations. It's going to be really different. Temperature checks and face masks, even for the choir, will be mandatory when services resume inside Bowie's Creek First Baptist Church, where the pews have been blocked off and these signs posted to help distance the congregation. We've taken everything out of our pews. 
No bulletins, no books, hymnals, Bibles. The Welcome Team is now the Welcome and Safety Team. Pastor Michael Sauer says they'll hold doors, sanitize Bibles, and dismiss parishioners one row at a time. We're just trying to create a a pressure-free, extremely safe environment uh, as we do this. When you begin services again, do not expect to pick up where you left off. Milton Hollifield represents 4,400 Baptist churches in North Carolina. While some, like Mount Vernon Baptist in Durham, will remain closed for now, many plan to reopen Sunday. I think there will be celebration. Hollifield says some churches have found ways to adapt and remain financially sound, but the pandemic could force others to close their doors. We're managing okay. You're not worried about the long-term future of the church. No, actually, I I tell people all the time, I really think we're going to be stronger coming out of this. Stronger and more flexible. Sowers plans to resume services May 31st and, if necessary, revert back to online services to keep everyone safe. I heard somebody the other day say, well, if Walmart, if people can go to Walmart, then go to church. I think that's a bad comparison because... When people come to church, they're around people that they know, they love, they're, they're always used to hugging and, and shaking hands. And it may just be that we have an environment where, where we're unable to keep a safe distance. To love thy neighbor six feet apart. I'm Joe Fisher, WRAL News. Now we know phase two is expected to be in place for a while, about five weeks before we move into phase three. During phase three, we'll see larger groups being allowed to gather. More businesses will reopen and some may be allowed to let more people inside. But strict rules will remain in place at nursing homes and hospitals. And those who are vulnerable will still be encouraged to stay home and avoid crowded spaces. Forecasters slash the anticipated COVID-19 death toll in North Carolina. WRL's data trackers explain what changed coming up. Just hours before the governor's announcement today, a few other headlines about the numbers and how Americans feel about moving forward. A poll conducted by the Associated Press found 83% of Americans are concerned lifting restrictions in their areas will lead to additional COVID-19 infections. This was a national survey. Another headline is the death projection in North Carolina. We have seen wild swings in the projections coming from the University of Washington, despite it being considered one of the go-to data hubs for the spread of coronavirus. Now they have reversed dramatically since last week, slashing their projections for the death toll in North Carolina. WREL's investigative reporter Tyler Dukes shows us why in this data trackers analysis you will only see on WRAL. Last week we showed you newly revised estimates from the University of Washington that quadrupled the number of projected deaths in North Carolina as a result of COVID-19. They put that number at about 4,400 through early August. Well, today, new data out from the same group has revised that projection down substantially. We're now looking at about 2,500 COVID-19 deaths projected through early August. You can see that curve rising through the summer. Now, a couple of reasons for this change. One, several more days worth of data. We've got new deaths, new cases to lock into this model. But another big consideration here is a change in thinking about the impacts of social distancing. When we talked to researchers last week, they assumed that these changes in mobility, more people moving around, less social distancing, would lead to a surge in infections. And researchers write in their update today 
that that surge never came to pass, or at least it hasn't yet. And so what they've done is revised these death projections for the entire country. Now, North Carolina is among several others that have seen downward revisions here. Other states like Arizona have seen those death projections actually come up. One of the other things that's worth noting here is the curve of new infections over time. So a couple of days ago, we actually saw the peak of this curve shifted quite a bit more towards the middle of summer, late June, early July. But in this revision, we've actually seen this peak pulled back a bit. We're now actually on the other side of this peak of projected infections. And this is a number that tries to include both the lab-confirmed cases and the cases that those tests never detect. We're going to keep an eye on this data and update you as we get it on WRAL and WRAL.com. Tyler Dukes reporting. The numbers our data trackers have online expand further than what you will see anywhere else. In addition to the number of cases, you can see cases by zip code and county, as well as real-time updates to the trends state leaders are monitoring. Just search data trackers on WRL.com.